One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thomas Neal has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Thomas. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, February 4th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from a very wet outer fringe of L.A. County, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. A sincere thank you to Roger, Sarah, and everybody else uh, who kept the show going last week. I'm sorry I skipped out and was a layabout, uh, but I am back. (laughs) And we're happy that you are. And I'm happy to be here. Uh, We're going to talk about whether people really, really, actually, why they never quit Facebook and Google for all the kvetching about its privacy overreach. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Slack announced it confidentially filed an S1 with the SEC to take the company public. According to prior sources from the Wall Street Journal, the company will pursue a direct listing rather than a traditional IPO. Google is allowing its instant tethering feature for Chrome OS to work with more devices now. For a limited number of Google-made devices, the feature had let you set up tethering once, and then it automatically turned on anytime Wi-Fi wasn't available. Instant tethering, as it is called, is now available on 15 Chromebooks from Acer, Asus, Dell, HP, Lenovo, and Samsung, and more than 30 phones from HTC, Huawei, LG, Motorola, OnePlus, and Samsung. On Tuesday, February 5th, Flickr, which is now owned by Smugbug, will delete photos and videos beyond that 1,000 item limit unless you're paying for a $50 per year premium account. Users can download photos to prevent them from being lost, but it's going to happen quickly. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my link <laughs> to come today because when you choose to download them, they put them in a zip file and send you a link to get the zip file. So, you Actually, might... now that you mention it, so am I because mm-hmm. I got off the premium account recently. Okay. Pay-as-you-go solar company Azuri has introduced a 32-inch satellite TV system for off-the-grid customers in Kenya. The system comes with four high-brightness LED lights, mobile phone charging, a rechargeable flashlight, and a radio, along with the 32-inch television and satellite reception system. The 32-inch Azuri TV system launches in Kenya for 129 Kenyan shillings per day, which is about the equivalent of a buck thirty. Canadian cryptocurrency exchange Quadriga CX is unable to access around $145 million worth of its holdings after the unexpected death of its CEO, 
Jerry Cotton from Crohn's Disease in Jaipur, India. Cotton was the only one with knowledge of the passwords for the company's cold wallets, so the company has filed for bankruptcy protection. Ooh, good reason to have a password manager or post-it note or something. <laughs> <laughs> Write them down somewhere. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Windows Central, noticing that according to the description of a session at the upcoming Game Developers Conference, Microsoft will release a cross-platform Xbox Live SDK. This would use Microsoft's existing PlayFab backend tools and let developers allow cross-platform play, as well as share gaming achievement history, friends list, clubs, across games on Android, iOS, and the Nintendo Switch. The GDC session called Xbox Live, growing and engaging your gaming community across iOS, Android, Switch, Xbox, and PC, takes place on March 18th. I mean, they, they kind of put the news right there in the name of the session, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, is this a surprise to you? I mean, it's it seems like at this point, a news item like this leads to the fact that developers can make a lot more money on a variety of other platforms rather than keeping it within the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah, and you'll notice that Sony is absent from this because Sony feels it has more to lose from allowing cross-platform, whereas everybody else has nothing but things to gain. And it fits in with Microsoft's continuing, you know, as we celebrate five years of Satya Nadella being in charge of Microsoft now, can you believe it? Uh, It's his continuing move to push Microsoft as a services company, not just a operating system and hardware company. So he wants Xbox to be the platform people game on, whether they're using an Xbox or not. Yeah. Periscope, which is owned by Twitter, (laughs) and I actually had not thought about Periscope in a while, had some news today. It's going to now let users add three guests to a stream. So if I'm streaming, I could add Tom and Roger and somebody else to my stream. Audio only, though, for now, although the company says it's working on video. People can also request to join a stream or can, or can join and drop out at any point during that stream. This is not unlike other services that already exist. Twitter also intends to bring this feature to its own live video option. My first question was... Well, besides being petty and saying who's using Periscope, because obviously people are. <laughs> How are you going to find I, three people to be on your stream? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I don't think the numbers are are ballooning, uh, but but it but it certainly is a service. But the fact that Twitter has its own live video option, you might say, well, okay, Facebook owns Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, and they do a lot of the same sort of things. I guess that's true. It just seems like those you those user bases are huge. And as far as Twitter live video and certainly Periscope, I'm not seeing uh, a real ramp up in usage. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we could we could focus on that a lot. Uh, but I mean, obviously, that's why Twitter wants to roll out a feature. If they're not seeing a lot of yeah. Periscope usage, they'd want to roll out a feature. And maybe we're wrong. Maybe Periscope usage is carrying on. I, I think we all fall into the trap of saying, well, if I don't use it, it's probably not used by anybody. And the fact is, the internet is not like that anymore. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, you kind of knew what everybody on the internet used. But these days, if you look at the top social networks, you'll find that you probably didn't know QZone or QQ or WeChat. 
And mm-hmm. they're all huge Chinese social networks that are used by billions of people. So I wouldn't be shocked, even though I'm not putting this on the same level as those, if Periscope has a healthy number of users, it's, you know, it's just not in the top 20 or whatever, uh, that, that are dedicated to it. it. It doesn't take as much to keep a system viable as a percentage of the audience of internet users as, as, as internet usage skyrocketed over the, over the past decade or so. So I don't know, this is maybe Twitter's ch- attempt to jump it out of being a niche product and, and get mm-hmm. in on, on the fact that everybody wants to stream these days. Well, and I always look at products like this as, you know, comparing it to Google Hangouts, which is what we're using for the video version of our show. And, and it has its limitations, but for, for the most part, it works pretty well for, for how we do things around here at DTNS. Okay, if I was streaming something and I could have three guests, but they were only audio, it's very sort of radio call-in type show, even though they say that video is, is, is in the works, that there is... There is something to that. There, there, there's probably a, a lot of folks out there who go, you know, this is exactly what I need. I like this app. It's, you know, it's right on my phone. It's, it's mobile and 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 works well. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't have a need to have three audio only people join my video stream. Uh, but that's because we already have a thing set up. Maybe if you're setting up something for the first time, this would be a great way to to bring in more voices. Google announced two Android features to assist people with hearing impairments. Live Transcribe is a limited beta that can recognize speech in near real time to facilitate conversation. It has a round circle that shows you the noise level in case you want to move it closer to the conversation. Vibrates after a period of silence to let you know someone has started speaking again. And you can toggle between 70 languages, though apparently in some of the reviews I read, it, it can recognize switches of language without you even having to toggle it. It does not store transcriptions on your phone or its servers and user conversations are not used to improve the machine learning. So they're saying, we're, we're not going to keep this data. We're not going to use this data. This is just so you can hear what's being said around you. And apparently it works really well at doing that. It's got great context. Google showed off the fact that it can tell the, the, the sentence, I bought a New Jersey in New Jersey and capitalized the state while leaving the part describing the clothing uncapitalized. So it's pretty smart. Uh, the other product is Sound Amplifier for Android 9 Pie. Uh, This was announced back in May at Google I.O. and lets you adjust sound settings to improve your ability to hear. This is for people who have hearing aids but are using either their hearing aid uh, somehow with Android over Bluetooth or more likely uh, just using headphones. Uh, Both of these uh, assistants, the uh, Live Transcribe and Sound Amplifier, uh, are going to come pre-installed on the Pixel 3 uh, sound amplifier is available in the Google Play Store today, and as I mentioned, Live Transcribe is a limited beta. Uh, so you can go sign up and and be an, uh, get an email when it's available for everybody. Really excited about Live Transcribe. Not necessarily something that I will need, but I would love to hear from somebody in the audience uh, who who's who gets in on this beta how it actually works because the idea of switching between languages during the same conversation and it being able to understand that and pick it up or yes, capitalizing New Jersey instead of a Jersey sweatshirt, that sort of thing. I mean, that's, that is good stuff. And it's going to be really helpful to a lot of folks um, as long as it works as advertised. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you, if you use this kind of thing, especially if you get in on the beta and you're allowed to talk about it, of course. J.P. Morgan analyst Samik Chatterjee told Investors Monday that Apple should acquire a company in the entertainment market and that Netflix is the best strategic fit. 
Can you imagine Apple buying Netflix? Well, Chatterjee estimates that if Apple did buy Netflix, it would have to pay $189 billion. You might say, that's crazy. Who has that kind of money? Apple does. Apple has $250 billion in cash currently. Chatterjee also suggested that Activision Blizzard and Sonos would be other good acquisitions for Apple. I don't think Apple's buying Netflix. No, um, and here, I, we, I have had these conversations with many people, uh, not just about Netflix, but about what Apple should buy. But Netflix is definitely one that comes up quite often. And Apple doesn't do this. The reason Apple has $250 billion in cash is they buy small companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Beats was kind of uh, the exception that proves the rule. And in, in being a bigger company, still not nearly as big as Netflix, uh, that they bought. But most of the time, they buy a company because they want the talent or the tech it has at a bargain price. They don't buy Netflixes of the world. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, especially because they're spending billions of dollars ordering original content. They see their future as providing cloud-based services. Uh, They're investing in data centers. They're investing in original content. They, They will buy companies that provide help in executing that, but it mm-hmm. is just not Apple's mode of operations to buy the company that's already done it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue that it's a new world going forward for Apple and things might change, especially because it wants to become more of a services company than a hardware company, at least where its bread and butter comes from. But on the hardware side, something like Sonos now that would make a lot of sense to me because Sonos is makes very high quality, well regarded audio products, uh, and that is something that. Well, again, this sort of goes back to our our 2019 predictions episode uh, where I, <laughs> I sort of predicted something that would be in line with with Apple buying Sonos uh, smart mm-hmm. speakers, but but. I, that would make sense to me in the same way that Beats headphones made sense to me. It was kind of weird at the time, but sure, it, it makes sense for Apple to acquire a company like that. Something like Netflix, I don't, I, I can't imagine this happening unless Apple's own Netflix competitor, uh, of, of which we have yet to see, fails spectacularly. Yeah. I and mean, that could happen too. Netflix. Netflix is worth $129 billion, something like that right now. They're assuming Apple would have to overpay uh, in order to get it, so they'd have to pay $189 billion. Even at $100 billion, which is less than what Netflix is worth right now, that would take up such a large chunk of Apple's cash that I just don't see them doing it. Unless, like you say, yeah. Sarah, they decide to change how they operate and say, oh, we're not going to keep all this cash around anymore. We're going we're gonna, to uh, buy stuff. The other side is... I don't think Netflix wants to be bought. I think Netflix would work very hard to avoid this because right. Netflix wants to be the company that is up there in the fang, right? The Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google club. They don't want to be owned by anybody else. I think Reed Hastings would work against this. Yeah, I, I, Netflix doesn't see a, a, a big upside. Uh, they're doing just fine yeah. right now. Uh, the Samsung rumors are coming in hot as we get close to the February 20th Samsung Unpacked announcement at Mobile World Congress. Samsung officially announced it will be called the Galaxy S10. No big surprise there. Uh, it will use the Snapdragon 855 chipset. No big surprise there. The things that Samsung has not acknowledged that seem likely would be a version that can connect to 5G, 
Uh, we're starting to see 5G service available. And Samsung one is the kind of company that likes to get in early on that. So a model with 5G wouldn't be a shocker. Uh, it's probably going to have a cutout rather than a notch for cameras. We've seen some f- fairly credible leaked uh, mock-ups of that, uh, prototypes of that. And and Samsung is putting out some phones with with the, the punch hole. Uh, this would be probably an oval rather than a punch hole, but I could see them doing that. The more fanciful rumors... Uh, are an ultrasonic in-screen fingerprint sensor. So a lot of the in-screen fingerprint sensors have to use optical somehow and still work with the screen. There is an ultrasonic 3D one out there uh, that, that makes more sense. Uh, it doesn't have to use the optics. Uh, there's, there's probably some take on Face ID uh, that would be an update for Samsung. That could happen. And uh, I heard about the, the terabyte storage phone rumor i don't think is entirely unlikely uh but but would be interesting and we also may see samsung announce a foldable i don't think it would be a foldable samsung galaxy s10 uh, there's galaxy fold galaxy f uh galaxy x all kinds of of notions about what it might be called but i wouldn't be shocked to see a foldable either all right so what what uh what strikes you as the most likely of these still rumored uh components the 5g the notch, obviously, I said I said already are likely. Out of the the more fanciful ones, I think the terabyte storage. I I, I could totally see that. I I could see Samsung uh, being able to say like let let's distinguish ourselves by having a laptop's worth of storage available. Mm-hmm. I can't think of and I you know and I'm you know, I'm two fifty six gigs on on my my current iPhone and I'm pro- I probably used about half of it and I always every time I I upgrade I go well you know let's get the full storage you never know when you might need it and I never do I'm 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 I, I really really don't need it and I don't think I would need a terabyte of storage either but I also store a lot of things in the cloud so I I would also be interested to hear from someone who's like I need a terabyte of storage <laughs> I do. Right. Because yeah, I know yeah. that there's, there's use cases out there. Not crazy Tom wants terabyte of storage for no good reason, but you actually have a good reason. <laughs> Send us that email, please. <laughs> right. I also think uh, an updated face ID, facial recognition would probably be uh, interesting. And if they do the fingerprint sensor in the screen and the facial recognition, they'll just, you know, they'll lord it over Apple. Like, we don't make the choice for you. You can decide which you want to use. Yeah, exactly. But, hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. Lines.com. Now, to, to kick around a, a little bit today, we're looking at a column from Danny Crichton at TechCrunch. Uh, this is part of his, his sort of daily wrap-up of news. He's got other things in there. But Danny uh, titled one of his posts, Why Nobody Quits Google or Facebook. Crichton cites the argument that people are just unaware and would galvanize immediately for other platforms if they were more aware. But he rejects this as condescending, saying people know what they value. They understand it, and they are making an economic choice when they stick with Google or Facebook. He says cost is the factor. Some alternatives cost money. Other alternatives have switching costs, like losing access to thousands of contacts if you go from Facebook Messenger to something else or or WhatsApp to something else because you have to rebuild those contact lists. You have to convince people to find you at Signal or, or whatever you decide to use. Uh, or even just the, the switching cost of learning a new interface. If you go from Instagram back to Flickr, all the buttons are in a different place and they have slightly different features and you can't do all the same things the same way. Anyway, Crichton says, after more than a decade of abuse, we should look deeper at our analysis and perhaps conclude that these issues aren't abuse at all, but rather a bargain, a negotiation, and one that people 
are quite willing to live with. Now, I, yeah, he, I, I he, sort of agreed with Crichton up until January 16th of last month, Sarah, when we had that Pew survey that showed that 74% of U.S. Facebook users did not know the extent to which their interests and traits were used to target them with ads. So I think there still is not, it's not that they don't know, but maybe there's not a realization. Yeah, I also, and that that study is interesting because you say like, well, see, people aren't informed. If they If they were informed, their behavior would be different. And I'm just not sure that's true for a lot of folks. I think that I think that Facebook and Google, although Facebook certainly in, in the limelight to some extent uh, on this as being a, oh, it's a for-profit company and they're selling your data and it's really bad. And, and you know, I think. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. So many folks out there, it's not that they don't understand how this works, and maybe if they're if I tell them that at a dinner party, they go, "Oh, huh, that's crazy." Corporate life, huh? It, it's <laughs> it's not it's not so much that that it there there's an alternative. It's that there's a there's sort of a uh, uh, you you just kind of get used to the fact that a big company does not have your best interests in mind, and if you want the product then you deal with it. I thought this a lot yesterday watching Super Bowl commercials, uh-huh. right? Because they're the best ones out there. You know, they had their 60 seconds and they're, all the celebrities are in there and it's like time after time. And then you, you say like, whose commercial is this? Whose commercial? Verizon, got it. Okay, very manipulative of you. And I, I, I find myself, I've been doing that for a long time and I find myself feeling that way about most corporations, even though they're full of really good people a lot of the time. And I, I, I just, I feel like most people are in that same boat that that we're talking about as far as uh, uh, Facebook users. 
Yeah, I, I, I think or or people who search things on Google. It's like I don't. Know, it's right there. I don't know. It's it's what, what? Yeah. What else am I going to do? Well, there's a there's a disconnect between the idea and the consequences, right? The idea of someone spying on you is great clickbait. Like they're doing what? They're looking at what? I'm going to be outraged, and I'm going to go on Twitter and Facebook. But most people don't actually go on Twitter and Facebook and complain about these. You just see a lot of people angry. And I'll make the very unpopular assumption that a lot of the conversation around what Facebook particularly does with your data, but also Google, started with the Snowden revelations and the suspicion that these companies were working with the government to surveil us and were Mm -hmm. amplified by the 2016 election where people felt, especially if they were on the side of the losing candidate, that these companies somehow manipulated the election. I don't think they did. I don't think they're they're innocent of everything, but I don't think they manipulated the election. And I also, I think it is overstated how much effect they had, but it inflamed the tensions alongside a lot of other political inflammation that happened at that same time, and now has sort of a penumbra has, has has dissociated it from the election anger and become its own self-sustaining anger that I don't think most people have. I think most people are creeped out by the idea when they see the headline, but in day-to-day use, they're like, yeah, but I also get to see pictures of my granddaughter. So I also get to, you know, send messages to my uncle. I also get to do X, Y, and Z. And so it's, it's like, it's like eating sugar, we know it's bad, but man, when you put a cookie in front of me, I'm going to eat that cookie because you know what? The cookie tastes really good. And Facebook is the cookie. Well, and we've seen this happen. Danny Crichton's uh, comment about, well, well, okay, if you if you don't want to use Facebook anymore, but you want to have a social network and how do you get everybody over to your, your cool new platform? It's almost impossible at yeah. this point. It's not impossible, but no. it, but it is... We have seen this tried before and failed time and time again. And it's 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 sort of like if I were to feel that strongly about I do not want to be part of Facebook anymore, but I really want to have these social connections, I don't know what my options are. I I, I cannot possibly expect to bring the you know the family over to some new network. It would be I don't even just thinking about it. Doesn't sound fun at all. But but that but that's a huge part of it too. It's like yeah, well, it sucks, but everybody's here, you know, yeah. like the town square. And and I think there is there's a sense of well, but how bad could it be? Uh, that's why seventy four percent did not know the social network used a list of interests and traits to target with them with the ads. I bet most people knew they targeted with ads, but there was sort of a ah, how but but how bad could it be? I get targeted with ads on TV too, right? Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. there's a there's a lack of realization of the difference. Combined, I think there's a little bit of the whole climate change uh, issue going on where if you start to warn people about something that doesn't happen right away they get numb to the warning. And so all of these blazing headlines about privacy violations and someone's like, yeah, but I'm still using Facebook and my life's fine. I haven't had anything happen to me. They start mm-hmm. to feel like, you know, I'm numb to that. I don't really care about that. And yeah, I think it's, I, I, I do, going back to the original article, I do think it's a good point to say that just because somebody isn't outraged doesn't mean they don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. The fact that my 
interests on Facebook are getting me ads that are more cleverly targeted at me, I'm not outraged by that. I understand what's going on. And I would either choose to click on an ad or not. But I, I, it, it's, it, it's not that if I only understood this, I would leave immediately. It's like, eh, I don't know. It's, it's, I understand what's going on. I understand why advertisers would want this. And I understand why Facebook would want to work with these advertisers. I think it's all about money. I think Instagram's a really good example of that. I know so many people who like things on Instagram because they know what kind of ads that will lead to. Like they, they, they literally think like, oh, you know what? I kind of like that picture, but I don't want to like it because I know that'll get me these kinds of ads. <laughs> yes. Uh, or, or the other day, um, what was it that I, I, I wanted to, oh, I wanted to use Shazam for something, but I was driving and I asked Eileen, I was like, hey, can you Shazam that? She's like, yeah, but then it's going to start recommending things based on, I'm like, <laughs> Really? Uh, like you won't Shazam this song because I, I'm, and I think there's more people think that way too. They're like, yeah, I'm being tracked. So I will use that. I will, I will take that into account and and adjust my behavior accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's an interesting conversation and I have a feeling we'll, we're going to get some mailbag um, good thoughts from yes. the community from this. So keep Absolutely. them coming. Also, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories. You can vote on others and help us make our show. DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com is where to go. Also, if you want to hang out on a Facebook group, well, we have a very nice one. Facebook.com slash group slash DailyTechNewsShow. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. So Adam from cold Cleveland, Ohio. Adam, I hope you're oh. keeping warm, man. Whew. Says that uh, we were talking uh, on Friday's episode, I believe, uh, about the, m- well, my particular um, lack of usefulness, um, at least in my mind, of a 3D or AR camera versus iPhone stuff. Adam says, I work in the engineering architecture industry. When we renovate buildings, we typically do field work to document existing conditions. There are tools for snapping 3D pictures that translate to CAD software. Mm. It would be great to pull up my phone for the same use. Maybe not a tool for everybody, but would be helpful in our industry. And that's a really good point. Um, you know, I, I, I'm certainly coming from the consumer perspective, and it's always nice to be reminded of where something that I'm like, eh, doesn't sound like a helpful feature. Someone saying like, oh, it would be very, very helpful for me. Yeah. I, I always stop myself when I say, when I start to feel like, yeah, but who wants that? Because I know <laughs> there's somebody, right? Right. And yeah. And they're like, excuse you. Like, it, and, and so <laughs> I, I've, I've trained myself to say, I wonder who wants that. Please tell me. <laughs> and thanks, thanks. Thankfully, Adam did. Uh, Adam did just that. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Adam. It's it's um, th- this kind of feedback helps help helps everybody get stronger. Yeah, that's what we're. That's what this show is about. Is is helping each other uh, understand the tech news. We try to share our perspective as people who follow it much more closely than the average person could in any given day, because it is our job, and other people have jobs that keep them from doing that. And trying to distill it down into the the information that can help you understand it, but also asking for those people who have particular experience, like Adam, uh, to write in and share their expertise with us as well. We really, really appreciate that. We sure do. Our goal each month is to get one more person like that into our patron Patreon than last month. And you 
could be that person that puts us over the top. Become a DTNS member. You get an ad-free RSS feed. You get special episodes from me, uh, things about how we decide to choose articles, how we do the show, special episodes of every month looking back on tech news of the past, and more. Sign up for it all at patreon.com slash DTNS. And don't forget, uh, these. I just got mine. I don't know if you guys got yours. The, uh, the special Daily Tech News Show stocking cap, a.k.a. Toque, uh, with Daily Tech News Show on the front, we already have uh, TextJeb modeling one on Twitter out there. You can get yours, too, at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store. We mentioned that we love feedback. So you're like, well, how do I give you feedback? Our email address is feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Keep them coming. We're always great to read. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Please join us if you can. Tell a friend and find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back on Tuesday with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.